It's almost a month to the day since overnight flooding had a major impact on many parts of Cork City and County. Since then, some towns have bounced back thanks to community spirit and perseverance. In other areas, home and business owners are still not able to reoccupy their homes and their premises. Brian O'Connell went to three parts of Cork badly affected by the flooding last month to hear how the relief efforts are getting on and what kinds of questions locals want answers to. And he joins me now from Cork. Brian, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, take us back to June 28th and what happened in Cork that day. Why was it so unusual and why did it have the results it did? Yeah, well, from about 8 o'clock, Pat, on the night of the 27th of June until the early hours of the 28th, heavy rainfall had been experienced in many parts of Cork, up to 70 millimetres in uh, some parts. It had already been a pretty wet month, June, Pat. It was one of the wettest, I think, on record. So the ground was pretty saturated. And when that much rain fell, generally between 8 and 9 and the early hours of the morning, it created difficulties in many parts of the county. So thousands of homes, as we know, were left without electricity. Many people had to evacuate. And Cork City Council initiate, initiated its flood emergency response plan. Now, some of the worst hit areas, Pat, were the towns of Clonakilty, Douglas and Glamire, the three of which I visited. Blackpool and Ballyvalan, places like that were badly hit as well. And the, it is expected that the total cost could be somewhere in the region of €100 million. Euro. Now, were there any warnings at all that this kind of flooding might be on the way? Yeah, well, this is a particular issue of contention at the moment. There were some warnings. Um, in the Cork County Council report, which I have in fl- front of me, the initial report into the flooding, they actually reproduced two Met Aaron warnings, Pat, one at 5 o'clock and one again at 5.56pm on the night of the 27th. Now, in both of those warnings, Met Aaron state that rainfall of totals up to 70 millimetres were possible and that this could lead to localised flooding. They said that these warnings were sent out by Cork County Council, but whether or not they got to the people that they should have gotten to and whether they were dispersed widely after that, that remains to be okay, seen. But, but the Met Office said on radio, presumably in their forecast yeah. or as part of bulletins, that there would be up to 70 millimetres of rain and it could cause flooding. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the report here. Rainfall totals of 30 to 50 millimetres are likely, but due to the thundering nature of the rain, localised totals of up to 70 millimetres are possible. That was at 5, and again, pretty much the same wording at 5.56pm. Yeah. Now, it's not up to the Met Office, clearly, to no. uh, tell you what the consequences of that might be, because that will vary from county council area to county council area. It's up to the county councils to respond to those kind of warnings uh, appropriately. Yeah, and all the business owners that I have spoken to in Clonakilty, very few of them received any type of notification. Or uh, And they say now, I think a new system may have been put in place since then where there's a text messaging system where people get an alert by text message. Mm. Um, so that's an area I think that uh, will be looked into okay, more. OK, now, where did you go first in assessing the flood damage? Well, the first place I went to, Pat, was Meadowbrook Station. That's in Glanmire, built in the 1970s. It's located in a little bit of a hollow. The local river flows right beside the back of the estate. Now, the estate, Pat, is pretty much deserted. Uh, all you have really now are skips in, in every second Is house. it a new estate? It's there since the 1970s, so it's not one of the Celtic Tiger estates. Because mm. um, when you hear of a place called Meadow Brook, it tells you <laughs> that there's water running through the estate one way or the other, and... Uh, whether the, the, the meadow was originally regarded as a place that could be allowed to flood, I don't know. Anyway. So some people have stayed there to clean up at and basically a lot of the homeowners are either on holidays now or they're staying with family and friends while their homes get sorted out. Now I met with Jim Healy and he's chairman of the local residents association and Jim showed me where the damage was done to his home. Now the river is right here at the back. Now there's a wall going right around the estate which was introduced by the county council at our behest a few years ago. But um, the water hit with such ferocity and such such uh, 
and so fast, and it was a tsunami of water came across, and it came in from three different directions. It came over the top here, it came in at the top corner over here, as a stream comes down from Barnabara, that burst, uh, the culvert couldn't hold that, so that flowed into the front, and the water came over the top here, and also came down Barnavara Hill, the actual road, and there's a natural fall into the estate. So in the, we say between the hours of uh, 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. on that particular morning, it was on the 28th of June, our, our estate was flooded to a depth of about, roughly about four to five feet. And the water came in your, 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 your back door here? It did. It came into came into the yard here at the back, and we can see on the wall. There's, there's is that the mark where that's the water the mark is? Where, that's the mark where it actually came up to. It's about three and a half feet. The the insurance companies now are kind of stating that, oh, like they're looking at to find the, the small print and trying to find ways of not paying. But like uh, this thing was a, they reckoned was a once in a hundred year thing that would never happen again. So like I can see where the insurance companies are coming from that they've accepted our money down through the years and they're now like dragging their heels and doing all sorts of... Not all the insurance companies, I must state, there's only a certain number of them that are that are, are dragging their heels in this regard. Mm, that's Jim Healy. Interesting that they had constructed, uh, they had the council construct this wall, something of a flood defence. So the possibility of a potential flood however rare, had crossed their minds and a one in a hundred years event, well, it's happened. It's happened and I know locals are said that there was some flooding there in years gone by but nothing on this scale. It came in for three different angles as Jim said there, you know. All right, now, um, is there assistance in mm-hmm. any form available to homeowners? I'm wondering how expensive is it to, to dry out the houses and, and replace the stuff? Yeah, well, as we heard, some insurance pump- companies, Pat, would appear to be better and quicker to pay out than others. Now, there has been a humanitarian assistance fund extended to Cork by government recently. There's about €10 million in that fund and that had been put in place after the Galway and Dublin uh, flooding in 2009. But only about €800,000 of that has been accessed. So some people are saying the red tape is is too much. There's very, very strict Mm. criteria um, attached to that. Um, And I think that is an issue. Now, there's a lot of concern too, Pat, about whether or not those homeowners will be able to get cover into the future. Um, And I met one man who was tidying up inside his house and he told me a little of his story. So this would have been your sitting room, was it? This would be our sitting room, yes. Um, it's uh, totally empty, as you can see. There was a lot of damage done to the... We got rid of everything, floorboards were heavier. Um, even the fireplaces have been taken The fireplace out, yeah. was even threatened. Uh, the heart in the fireplace was cracked as well. We have to get start from scratch again. We're in just a few ways, we were sent back to 1973. This is the way I saw this house when it was first built, you know. And... Uh, it's just devastating, really. Uh, it's kind of sad because there's lots of memories in this put together. Um, and how are the insurance company with you? Um, unfortunately, I'm one of the few that maybe uh, I'm insured. I'm uninsured. So um, I'm just hoping that there might be something come back from any funds that might be available, you know. You know, how did that situation arise? Uh, well, there was a, a, kind, of, a kind of a loan insurance on the our loan when we first bought the house, but that ceased then when the house was paid for in 1993. And we didn't give it a proper, um, proper um, you know, crediting, like, you know, but uh, we just left it dry out, you know, um, to my cost, I suppose. But uh, hoping that uh, we might, might hope for something better coming out of this. Um, and how much do you think it will cost you overall, Barry? Um, 
It can raise between ten and 15,000, I rate, you know, because uh, there's a lot of flooring, first of all, to go in. Uh, I did the plumbing and the electrical work as well underneath ground, so we're doing it properly you know, rather than because there's a lot of one sockets in the house and we're doubling the sockets area, you know. Doors, what have you, are gone. They have to be replaced. Um, I, suppose, I suppose at the time, as you said, your house was paid for in the early 90s. You just don't think that the, one day you'll really have to rely on insurance. You never imagine it. It's just, just hard to, to think that would happen yourself, you know, until it would happen. But, um, and it's easy with hindsight now to look back and say, easy. God, I should have paid a few quid every month or whatever. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a true fact, all right. Like, um, of course, I'm learning my lesson now, but then we might not get insurance. We don't know. I was just hopeful that we, the government will step in there and make arrangements that uh, we will be certified to get insurance. Now, Brian, you went to Douglas mm-hmm. on the south side of Cork City. What kind of scene did you find there? Yeah, well, Douglas has always been a pretty bustling little village, Pat, and the town was completely flooded. But over, I think, 100 commercial properties had been affected and about 12 homes, many of them, again, in up to four feet of water. A lot of debate going on there as well, Pat, as to why this happened. And some locals have very strong views, partly to do with the way new commercial units have been constructed in the area and also issues, Pat, with the way culverts and trash screens and drainage systems have been set up along the Ballybrack stream and whether or not that they did the job they were supposed to do on the night. We'll hear Pat first from Peter Collins and he owns the fairly popular bar Barry's on the main street in Douglas. Peter took me around to the corner, around the corner of the bar just to where the stream is Pat and that is the stream which burst its banks on the night. So um, just tell us where we are here Peter. Okay so we're down here at the uh, the famous uh, river, the culvert that, that broke its banks uh, the day or the morning of uh, Two, two and a half weeks ago and uh, as you can see a nice little calm river with a lovely sound in the background there um, hard to believe that it caused the damage that it did and and so the river the river comes down here as you said it's a, it's, a, it's well it's it's a, a little bigger than a stream i would say it goes into these little ramps here and there's something constructed here yeah they're they're called the uh, trash greens and uh, they they collect the debris uh, that apparently you know will, will, will come down in the times of flooding and as you can see, they're constructed very near the end of it. So these things get full up. The water can go nowhere else but out onto the road. And, you know, that's how we got the damage. So, you know, the design of this, uh, I think, needs to be looked at. And, and you think the day that, that Douglas was flooded, this here, there was quite a lot of debris had built up? Well, I actually wasn't down here now at all. And I'm, I'm certainly not an engineer. But just looking at it here today, you can see that if something jams this up, where else is the water going to go? So basically the water came down here then, spilled out onto the road, made its way... Straight across the road into the shopping centre, flooded the shopping centre, came out the other side of the shopping centre and flooded the East Douglas area. It also, when it came out on the road, took, took a turn left here, as you can see, then went right and went right again and, you know, just, you know, water, water flows fast and just took the, whole, took the whole village out. So it's like a sieve that's blocked... Yeah, well, it should be pointed out, Pat, that I, I put a number of questions to the council and they say they inspected that area at half eight on the 27th, half eight a.m. and again at quarter past four and they say that the trash screen was clear. So clearly there, there may be an engineering issue that has to be dealt with here following the construction, all the, the new buildings mm-hmm. uh, and premises that were built. Now, Barry's Bar is closed, mm-hmm. but Peter showed you inside uh, some of the damage and you also found out some of the grievances that other business owners have. And there's still quite a lot of water here if uh, if we go this way. Yeah. I mean, that's still... 
There's quite a bit of water on the yeah. ground. Yeah. yeah, that's well, we, you know, the place isn't badly dried out now. Yeah, we're at the front door here now, so we had about, I suppose, at the height of it, we had about two foot of water here at the front door. I suppose the doors themselves stopped the deluge coming in, but you know, it seeped in through the front, it seeped in through the side door, and we ended up having between a foot and half a foot of water in this ground floor section that you see here. Now you can see you now we've everything cleared out. Um, we had to get rid of I mean it's contaminated water, so we had to we had to ditch everything. We've got the place decontaminated now, specialised uh, sanit sanit sanitation cleaning uh, uh, specialists came in. And now we can start the process of rebuilding as you're as you see here. But the whole place has to be rebuilt internally here. Um, and it's it's gonna take a lot of time and it's gonna cost a lot. What about rates now? Will the council give you any break on them? Uh, well, you know, we were we were hoping that they would. Um, it was it was put to us there by by a few uh, local councillors that they'd be asking uh, the county council to, to suspend rates of affected businesses. Um, but uh, my my information is that, that that's not to be, and you know we're 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 a little bit disappointed about that. And also little things like uh, parking enforcement has hasn't been uh, you know called off. Some of our my builders there, um, you know, got their tickets got ticketed. So they're trying to refurbish the premises and the builders get ticketed. What's going on there? Yeah, well, I know Cork County Council, there was a meeting this week where there was uh, a motion put forward to suspend pay parking, Pat, for three months, and that was defeated. So the councillor saying are uh, at that meeting, I think it was said that no parking tickets are being issued. But you heard from Peter there, he says some of his builders are getting tickets. And I saw a warden walking up and down the main street, and, you know, he's not doing that to get fit. Um, the second thing, Pat, I think, is on the rates issue, that they haven't been suspended. And I, I know that Michal Martin was not happy about about that and he had a very strongly issued statement about that this week so it does seem Pat that those business owners should be given a bit of a break One town though that got back on its feet fairly quickly is Clonakilty. now who did you meet there? Yeah well flooding is an ongoing issue in Clonakilty, but the water had never reached as many parts of the town that it did on the night of the 27th early morning of the 28th so in terms of the infrastructure alone Pat 36 roads 16 bridges were seriously damaged not to mention all the businesses and ma- many of them on, on, on many of the streets but the town rallied around Pat they have an incredibly strong community spirit I called into O'Donovan's Hotel which is on the main street and I met Dino O'Donovan and Dina had to try and de- deal with the rising waters on the night of the flood there is just carp- you know, carpet here it's just bare concrete and it's very echoey you can even hear the echo as I'm standing here so the warmth of the restaurant is gone until such time as the floor dries out and we put down a new carpet which hopefully will be in the next two weeks the the concrete is drying out nicely. Now that we have a day of sunshine, our first day of sunshine in a few days. Um, but fair play to you, you're still open, you're still serving we're food still here. We're still open, yeah. we're still open. We, we, the customers are very good, they're putting up with it. We, the odd day you'd have some tourists would look in, crinkle up their noses and look at the bare concrete and walk away. But all the locals understand how we are, where we're at. And they just discuss it and say, oh, you know, at least you don't have to do any hoovering at the end of the evening. And if we're looking at this room here now, how high did the water come? I mean, are there watermarks still here? It just came to the top of the skirting board inside this room because we have a porch um, at the exit door, so that slowed the water a small bit. And I was on, I was here all night and I was able to sweep, sweep the water out literally as it was coming in. So I swept it out through the kitchen and at the other door here out into the reception. I was able to keep the water a little bit at bay and lift any machinery that I could... But I was here on my own overnight and it was difficult to try and look after the restaurant and the bar and the reception area and the nightclub and try and keep lifting equipment in every different area. 
out, so out here now in reception. You can see it's, it's a bit softer out here. We've just got a new carpet laid. And so you were here on the night. Was it a gradual build-up of water or did it all happen very, very quickly? On the lower ends of town, it was quite gradual. But and once that filled, it just swept in about six minutes right up the main street. And this is the main street here? We're on the main street. We've never flooded. We're here six generations in O'Donovan's Hotel and we've never, ever had so much as an ounce of water into the building. The car park behind us and the local, our, our little Chokbyug traditional pub, that floods a couple of times a year, up to about six inches. And that would be facing the public car park out the back. It's very close to the river. So that, on occasion, after heavy rain, would flood a little bit, but never into the main hotel building, which is about two feet higher than the car park outside. So, so why do you think it flooded? It flooded because we had torrential downpour, too much rain at a time when after a week of rain the ground was already sodden and then when we had a deluge um, the water had nowhere to go the floodplains are all built on on the western part of Clonakilty we used to have a lot of fields that were very obviously floodplains in their day they're all built on now so it's all tarmac and concrete so when when the rain came which was uncanny I mean when you consider the tide was out on the night so it had nothing to do with tidal if it had happened that the tide was in, I reckon there would have been people drowned. Ah, there we go again, building on I the know. flooding plains, and that's part of the problem in Clonakilty. Anyway, they all pull together, and we can hear from Dina uh, some ideas as how they might avoid things uh, happening again in the future. Community spirit in Clonakilty is brilliant anyway. It's an unusual town in that way. People always pull together, and on that morning, people from the hinterland came in droves into town with their, with their gloves and their buckets and their... their uh, Wellingtons and they just went from house to house building to building, premises to premises and just helped us. We had a, at least 30 people came into us on the day. We, we sent half them away because we didn't have enough work for them but they just came in to help and said right where will we start? Which carpets will we pull up? Where will we pull out fridges and start cleaning behind? It was brilliant. We were back in business by lunchtime albeit we had to wait for the local health department to kind of give us the okay but they were in town too advising people on um, foodstuffs and, and, and equipment and cleaning and and do you ever think there'll be answers? Like, I know you mentioned uh, the floodplains, and it's, that's been a feature of many, many towns across Ireland that uh, planning um, has been allowed in areas where before would have been natural floodplains. Do, do you ever think there'll be answers from this or people will be held accountable? Nobody is ever held accountable at that, at levels uh, where planning was given in years gone by. It's, it's, too, it's too late now. Some of those people have moved on. Some of them are probably even passed on. Um, I think now we have to realise that there is a problem and we'll have to do something about it and they'll have to create newer floodplains further back along the river. But somewhere along the line they'll have to put in culverts or runoff systems. or ha- It'll have to be a feature of every town in Ireland that has a river or natural floodplains. Because before I came here I stood on the bridge and I, looked, I was looking at the bridge just down there and looking up the river and it looks very calm and peaceful now. It's almost like a little trickle. But if you look up at the corner, you can see where the wall is being rebuilt. So with the ferocity of it, it obviously and took away the wall. On the night, the river, they say, the, the, the local authority says the river rose 10 feet. But I suppose the message going out from here is Clon is open for business. Clon was never closed for business. Clon is open for business. And everywhere is looking shining now. We all have new carpets and almost, we're nearly there. We're getting them down, the local... Carpet layers and tilers and painters and decorators are all in full business, so it's it's probably got the economy moving in some shape or form. But we're all we're all smiling and ready for business. 
And that's Dino Donovan mm. there. Um, and I, I met him, just, just very quickly, yeah. but I met a man in the bar and he used to go coursing on some of those fields which are now built on. And he was saying in years gone by, coursing would be uh, postponed because the field would be too wet. And on some of those fields now, you have shopping centres and houses. So it's just uh, beggar's belief that they were built. Oh, it's extraordinary. I mean, you can obviously build on a flooding plain if you make provision, yeah. engineering provision for it, to take the water away in mm-hmm. some way. But who are the idiots who are <laughs> responsible for this. Anyway, um, Cork County Council are uh, having a look at all this. They're having consulting engineers come up with solutions to their problems. Yeah, I think there are a couple of reports taking place, one into Glanmire and one into Douglas, so we'll wait to see what comes out of that. I know in Clonakilty that already the business community have been galvanised there and they're putting in processes where if a warning does come true in the future, text messages will be sent to a lot of people and not just to a few people. At the same time, you know, you need to uh, deal with the problem Mm -hmm. rather than just give an early warning so that people can save what they can because insurance will definitely be an issue for many people unless there's an engineering solution put in place. Yeah, and many of the business owners I met in Clonacilty can't get insurance, Pat, so their point was if they had known a little bit earlier in the night they could have removed some of the stock from the floor and they could have saved it and, and, uh, you know, got back on their feet a little bit quicker. So early warnings uh, soonest and uh, then a solution maybe in the medium term. Brian, thank you very much for joining us from the Cork studio. Thanks, Matt.